are, you know, always elbow when I say don't elbow. Elbow them right now. Say, hey, wake up. Your faith. Right now. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You know, re- reality is this. Uh, you know, I, when, when I come up here and I, and I speak God's word, I love to listen to what God has to say. But not only that, I love listening to what my wife has to say because I believe in my life my wife is a big, big role on, on what to speak and how to speak. And I love what she was telling me uh, not that long ago. She was saying, hey, we, sometimes we just need to look at the basics and talk about faith and, and, and where, how it all established and where it comes from. And so just asking God, God, what is it that you want to download today? What is it that you want to share the church and, and, and all of us here today? And here's the thing. We, even though we believe in Jesus, even though we are called disciples of Jesus Christ, even though we, we, we live for Jesus, these lights are too bright. Can you, can you put the house lights up, please? I want to see your guys' faces, all right? Even though we, we, we walk this place, sometimes we can get to a point or a position where, where we're not really faith-activated. I'm trying to be careful on saying this. I don't want to say it where it's misunderstood. It doesn't mean you don't have faith in Jesus, but I'm talking about faith the faith, the fact that when you believe God, you speak it and you live it out every single day. You know, it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which I, I, you guys don't have the scripture. It really just came to me this morning. But I'm going to read. If you have your Bible, make some noise. That was weak. You know what that means. Next week I'm going to ask and I want to hear a crowd. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, and actually it's a definition of faith, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what, of what is not seen, all right? What we hope for, but what we're believing for. In other words, what it's saying is when we're hearing and believing what God says, it's happening before we even see it. That is a biblical definition of faith. I've had conversations with people uh, in the past, a long time ago, where I would say, hey, they're going through a hard circumstance, and I would want to teach them, hey, believe in God. He will meet that need in your life. Believe God in this. But it really came to a position of, well, I have faith, but that's it. But they weren't realizing that you need to have faith in Christ. You need to have faith to make things happen so you can speak, speak things forward. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far awaits them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not on what is seen, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is is eternal. It's, it's, it's so cool to see God's word talking about the unseen things. And there are times where we face things, we see something that's opposite of what we're believing for. But God's saying, fix your eyes on the unseen things. I mean, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we live by faith and not by sight. What am I trying to say in this whole thing? This is what I'm saying. We need to be people of faith. We need to be people of faith and not be people of fear. And the reason why I'm saying that is because sometimes we believe we're walking in a faith thing, but we're speaking fear things out. You know, we were, you guys don't know this person, so this is perfect, and I still won't give a name, all right? But I remember going to a swimming lesson deal with my kids, and my kids are learning in there, and I, I'm a parent, I get afraid, you know, like, okay. Don't drown, you know, you, you think these things. But I kept countering it with the fact that, that, God, 
You won't allow that to happen. I'm speaking. You can do this into my, my daughter or my son at the time. You can do this because they're learning how to swim. But I watched this one parent. My wife and I watched this one parent, okay? I'm not going to even identify the gender because I really don't want them, you know, that whole deal. And so I'm watching this person, and they're yelling from the sideline, don't drown! Don't drown! And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, and, and, and the little girl is, is on the edge with her feet in the water. Like, that's just, I'm not joking. You think I'm joking. I'm not joking. But the little girl's, baby, am I lying or not? No, my pet came off, sorry. You know, and, and, and so she's, don't drown. And then afterwards, you get to see the kids, you know, and you can hug them, high five them. And she embraces her. You can't do that again to the mommy. You know, you have to. And I'm like, my, that's fear. That's fear. I mean, not nothing, everything went perfect with the little girl, not even close to drowning, not even close. But you could see the fear of what she was seeing, a big pool, deep water, oh my gosh, and all these things were happening. That fear took place. And I, I bring that story up is because sometimes we live life that way. You know, maybe it's not an actual pool and kids that are involved, but we know the truth, but what are we speaking Ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my mortgage right or my, or my job. I feel so insecure. Oh, no. And we go through these things that we're speaking fear. And God's saying, I'm not calling you to be fear people, but faith people. You know, I was taught that faith and fear don't go hand in hand together. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. So if you want to know, well, am, I faith, am I in faith or not, listen to your words. Am I speaking in fear? Because if you're speaking fearful things... That what if, what if, what if, you're not in faith. You're not in faith. Not the fact that you won't face those thoughts, but God says take those thoughts captive. Okay, cast them to the sea of forgiveness forever and start speaking my truth. Start living my truth. Be faith people. Don't let what you see dominate who you are. I'll say that again. Don't let what you see dominate who you are. Because God says you are more than a conqueror. Amen? God says you can do all things in Christ who gives you the strength. God says that the joy of the Lord is yours forever, no matter what you see. That's God saying. But the thing is, are we listening to what God says. See, faith, again, is not about what you see. There's a story in the Bible, uh, I believe it's Mark 11, chapter 11. Jot that down for you guys to read later. Um, but it's about Jesus and the 12 disciples. It's right after the triumphal entry of Jesus going to Jerusalem. And there's the next story where Jesus is walking with the 12 disciples. And they see this, the Bible says Jesus is hungry, okay? I think he was hangry at this point, but he's hungry, all right? And th th that's what the Bible says, all right? But Jesus is hungry. And the Bible says, at a distance, he saw a fig tree in full bloom, is what the Bible says. All right? So Jesus going to the fig tree with the 12 disciples was planning to go there, grab some figs, and eat them just to recharge himself. And as he approaches that fig tree, he goes through the leaves, is what the Bible says, and he's going through the whole thing, and he finds no figs whatsoever. All right? No figs whatsoever. Have you ever gone to, like, a, a buffet? And, like, you're, you're, you're craving this one thing at the buffet, and you go, and they're out. They have everything else but that one thing. They're, uh, the hot wings are gone. Like, what? The onion rings are not there. And it's like this disappointment of, and you look at the cook for a little bit. You, you, 
And you want them to read your face, all right? Because our face talks according to my wife, all right? Our face talks. When I read the Bible, guys, it's like there's animated stuff happening in my head. I'm just saying that right now. I love it. But, you know, Jesus is at this fig tree, and he's going through the leaves, and he finds nothing to eat. And he looks right at the fig tree and says, may no more fruit come out of you when no one will ever eat from you again. I just paraphrase it to my, my, my translation, okay? But he's, telling, he's cursing this fig tree, all right? And then he walks away. He walks away. Come on, think about it. You're one of the 12 disciples. You see Jesus talking to this, this thing, this, this tree, and he walks away, and, and you kind of follow. And you're, you're looking at, like, you kind of wrestling. Someone back there? Or no, okay, keep going. And then they, case closed. They go up out their journey, and it says the next morning they depart again, and they pass that same fig tree. But this time, the Bible says, from the root, the fig tree was dried up. It was dead. And as they walk by, Jesus didn't even acknowledge it. He just walks right by. Peter stops and says, teacher, rabbi, look, that tree that you cursed, it's dried up from the roots. And this is where Jesus turns around his disciples and says, have faith in God. And he goes into this big teaching about what faith is. At that moment, the day before when Jesus was with the 12 disciples, and he spoke to that tree, and he cursed that tree, and he spoke to it. In the natural, nothing happened. In the seen part of things, nothing happened. But in the unseen part where the roots were at, it was drying up. When you speak God's word and promise, when you speak these confessions over your life and have faith in God while you do it, you may not see the fruits changing or anything, but let me tell you something. Deep down under where you don't see it, things are drying up, things are changing, things are stirring up. You know, we were here just a second ago during worship. Man, powerful worship. Awesome, awesome worship, right? And, and, and I love what Alicia said. She said, if, if, if you have a mountain, if you're just facing this mountain, they just come up here. A lot of you guys came and were just ready. Like, God, do something. And I started teaching about you speaking to it. Now, you probably will go back out and you'll see the same mountain, but you can't see the backside where it's just crumbling and it's coming and it's caving in. And there's going to be a position right now where you're going to look at your mountain and that thing's just diminishing before your eyes. Don't let what you see define who you are and what the circumstances become. Have faith in God and everything you do. Faith is trusting God. Faith it's not, it's not having all the answers but saying I'm still going to walk it out even if I don't see it. That's the faith that we need to continue to live out. Did you know the Bible says that we can't please God without faith? We can't. And if you didn't know that, I'm, I'm sharing that with you. You can't please God without faith. Think about it. For faith to be practiced, for faith to be exercised, requires circumstances. And when you face these circumstances in life, called life, and things get tough, and you use your faith in God and you speak things out, you're only pumping yourself up in faith. And you're growing in faith with God. And what used to be a battle a year ago is now like, no, my, my God did it one, two, three times. He'll do it again. He'll keep going. He'll do it again. Because that's your faith growing. And God says you need to live by that every single day of your life. Live by that. Romans 10 17 says, so then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing God 
or hearing God's word will determine if you'll overcome the situation or not. It all comes down to that. Will you hear and move and believe what God's going to do in, in the whole thing? You look at the walls of Jericho with Joshua. I mean, God told them, you, you guys know this, God told them the promised land's yours. God led them out of the wilderness. Now they're, now they're claiming their land. Now they're claiming everything. But then they face these walls. These walls looked intimidating. These walls looked, uh, the enemies were on the inside and the other side, and they were threatening these guys. They felt outnumbered. I mean, I mean, everything was thrown at them. And let me tell you something. People were in fear. God's people were in fear. But Joshua was hearing something. See, while people were biting their nails and, and their knees were knocking together, Joshua was like, hold on a second, guys. And he was in tune. You know, just kind of get that thing just right. And he was listening to God. And God was giving him some basic instructions. He says, you need to do this. You need to play this. You need to march around this many times for this many days. And it got to the point where Joshua's like, let's go. I'm leading everybody to do this. And it started not making sense to people. I don't understand what you're doing. Like, why are we doing this? Just let me just listen and follow. Let's keep going. And while Joshua was listening, you fast forward to the story. It came to the point where God said, now shout as loud as you can. Wake up your faith. And they shouted, ah, for Narnia. No, something like that, right? <laughs> I just saw the movie a couple days ago, again, for the hundredth time. I love that movie. It's awesome. But they shouted. They woke their, Joshua woke the faith of these people in God and says, our God's going to deliver us right now. And they shouted. And this is what happened. All the walls came tumbling down, crashed down. Because Joshua heard God. Joshua didn't look at the circumstance. He wasn't focused and gazed on, okay, defeat is before us. He heard victory happening. And he heard, you know what, God, my, my faith is in God. I'm going to listen to what he wants me to do. Even if it doesn't make sense at all in the natural, I'm going to listen. Even if I don't have the answers, I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to walk it out for God. And I'm going to shout it out for God. And the walls came crashing down. That's because Joshua had faith in his God, and that God that was there is the same God in your life. If you have faith in him through Christ Jesus, you can make walls crumble down in your life. You can make walls crumble down in your life. Faith doesn't look at facts. It doesn't. Yes, people will show you facts, but faith doesn't look at the facts. It listens to heaven. Faith listens to heaven because heaven doesn't speak defeat. Did you know that? Heaven doesn't speak defeat. Heaven speaks victory. And so if you are listening to what God's saying, you'll hear victory sounds happening that's going to resonate and move in your life. You know, in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, uh, you, see, you see Elijah and, and Ahab. And, and, and then just long story short, they're in the middle of a famine. And, and what uh, Elijah says, he tells Ahab, listen, he says, even though there's a famine out there, I hear the rains coming. See, the faith there was even though he saw famine, he heard abundance. He knew blessings were coming. That's the faith that Elijah had because of one God, the living God, speaking to him. And he decided, I'm just going to listen to what he has. Do you not see that God is the, is the same God here that's living for you and is for you and is here for you? You know, I, have a, I heard this story the other day. Um, this goes back before my time, okay? 
And you guys are going to probably find out my age in a second. <laughs> Mid-October, 1982. So I'm still a baby, right? Oh, man. Okay, okay. Everyone's quiet here. All right. Mid-October, 1982, it was, a, uh, it was college football going on, um, and it was the Wisconsin Badgers uh, versus uh, Michigan State Spartans. Okay, we're now I'm not here to, you know, choose teams or whatever, but the story, it's an away game for Michigan State, and they're at the stadium, and as they're playing, now, in 1982, you, you got to remember, there, there are times there's no major technology, you couldn't bring phones, there was none of that there. They, what they actually would bring was portable radios to hear the game better and what they were seeing, so if they had the nosebleed section, they can at least hear the game while they were watching at the same time. But as, as, as the Badgers, the Wisconsin Badgers and, and, and Michigan State Spartans are playing each other, the game started getting south for Wisconsin, a home game for them, okay? As they're playing and as they keep losing throughout the game, the, the, the crowd, the fans kept cheering louder and louder. And actually, there's, a, there's an article where it talks about where the coach of the MSU was confused. Why are they cheering if we're demolishing their team right now? Well, what they did not know was at the exact same time, at the exact same day, 70 miles away, the World Series was happening. And it was Milwaukee Brewers versus St. Louis Cardinals. And they were beating... St. Louis Cardinals, 70 miles away. And so what happened was they tuned the radio off this game, turned on the radio to what was playing 70 miles away, and started cheering, yeah, yeah. And they started yeah, chanting out certain names. So what had happened was even though defeat was happening on the field, victories happened in them. And they knew there was a bigger stage. This is just a normal college football game, but the World Series was happening. This arena, they were watching defeat, but in that arena, they were listening to the victory. And if you, if, if you look up the game, that actually Wisconsin wins it by one point at the end. Comes back and wins it by one point. Because of that, that victory started resonating through the stadium. It is no difference when we face this earth. Maybe you're seeing something and it looks defeat, 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 but is your portable radio tuned to heaven? Or they're saying, hey, there's victory happening here. Hear what's going on here. You may see defeat now, but let me tell you something. Don't let that identify what you can cheer for. You have already won. And that story, when I heard that story, I'm like, man, that's so faith right there. When we are in tune with God and not be so subjected to what we see, we win. We win. And not only that, that's contagious. It gets people going. And the whole stadium, the whole thing with the article saying the whole stadium was just in an uproar, even when they were losing. Because they heard the bigger, bigger arena was happening, what was going on over there. Faith is listening. And the question is this, are you responding to what you see or are you responding to what you hear? Because God wants you to hear what he has for you. In that arena, again, it was one thing that they, they saw, but it was another thing that were, they were hearing. And, but they had a decision, am I going to still cheer or not? You have a decision on earth right now. Will I cheer for the victory God's given me or will I just be quiet? Because of what I'm seeing right now. And God's saying, wake up your faith and cheer. Cheer because the victory is yours. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the life of faith, is listening to every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
Because let me tell you something. Let's, let's be honest. This world is, is, is going down more and more. But because we have a world that's going down does not mean you have to go with it. You can come right back up and say, I, my faith is not in this world. My faith is not in this system. My faith is in the kingdom of God and in Jesus Christ. And I will pursue him with everything I got because Jesus is king of kings. Jesus is Lord of lords. And he is enthroned in my heart. And even though I get shocked or surprised about this thing that's happening, my God's not surprised or shocked. My God's waiting. Will I listen to every instruction I give them? Think about it. When you worship, why do you close your eyes? Think about it. Why do, you, why do you close your eyes when you're worshiping? Because you don't want to see any of the circumstances around you. You're in the middle of God. Tell me. Talk to me. Let me worship you. I never instructed you guys to close your eyes. Only during prayer time. Because you're not looking at that person and saying, you need prayer over there. No. <laughs> but what I am saying is this. You need to understand that when you are in tune with heaven and what God has in store for you. And every word that comes out of his mouth and you follow through, God will show up faithful every time. Not the way you want him to show up, but he'll show up. And it's always on the behalf of you. I, When I listen, I'm hearing Jesus is coming back. No one really talks about it much. Jesus is coming back. That's what I'm hearing. He's coming back and he's coming back soon. And I want to be prepared at heart and get as many people on this ride so when Jesus comes back, we're meeting him together in the clouds. I'm believing, I'm hearing that. I'm believing that Jesus is going to restore, uh, bring the kingdom of God down to this earth so we can have eternal light with life with him. We'll have these resurrected bodies. I want to be six feet tall. I'm almost there, okay? <laughs> that was a joke. I'm hearing to be of good cheer every single day of my life. Did you know in the Bible there are three areas that Jesus says be of good cheer? Be of good cheer. I mean, he says in John 16, 33, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He says in Matthew 9, 2, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. That right there should bring an uproar. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins, the one that was going to destine you to hell forever and pay a penalty that was death, separation from God eternally, has been forgiven, has been paid for. You're, you're, you're debt free. I mean, if we could pay off a credit card and feel like, whoa, we're on top of the world. Try having your sins paid off for by Jesus. Talk about total relief. He says, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. In Matthew 14, 27, he says, be of good cheer. It is I, Jesus. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In other words, you win. I win. We win. We need to let a messed up world see a pumped up church. We need to see, they need to see what we are living for. Don't go home and be quiet and keep it contained there. Take it to everywhere you go so people can be pumped up by you. And Luke, and I'll close it with this scripture right here. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said it this way. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing, nothing will harm you whatsoever. I find it fascinating that Jesus uses scorpions and he uses snakes, representing the demonic power of who the enemy is. He says, I've, I've, I've trampled over them and I, and I give you all authority to do the same thing. Because when you think about it, a scorpion... A scorpion stings with their tail, all right? A snake 
a serpent. They strike with their head. And he says, I pulled the stinger out of the, out of the scorpion, and I've crushed the head of that serpent. So nothing will harm you, and I give you everything. What is he saying? He's saying this. When you feel like life is 50-50 and it's a chance and it's a world, it's heads or it's tails, regardless, if it's heads, you win. If it's tails, you win. Because I have conquered and I have trampled all of that. This isn't a game of chance. This is a life that's given through Christ Jesus if you surrender your life. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't live a life of defeat. Not saying you won't see it, but don't let it determine and dictate every decision and who you are. Live a life of faith in God and Jesus Christ, and he will see you through. Paul was striking so many times. He was, he was uh, stoned to death. He was shipwrecked. He was whooped. He, he was imprisoned in chains. He went through it all, through it all. But his faith was in Jesus Christ, and he knew, I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to get to the other side. There was even a position where they thought he was dead. The guy's dead. Now, whether scholars believe he was raised from the dead or he just didn't quite get there, it doesn't matter. He didn't die because they were still admitting his faith was in Christ. And he knew it's not my time. As much as I desire to go with my Heavenly Father, I have my greater desire to continue the work of Jesus Christ here on earth because more people need to hear the gospel of the truth. Don't let circumstances and what you face defeat you on earth. Tune in to what God has. Put your faith in him and he'll do the rest. That's having faith in God. That's having faith in Jesus Christ. Bottom line, you win. Stand up everybody. We're going to do something different today. Stand up. We're just going to declare. Everyone put your hands up. Typically, I give an altar call, and I'll do that in a second, but, but I think we just need to give praises for what God's given us. He says the victory is yours. You win already. This is your time right now. You may feel like a winner right now. That's great. Awesome. Continue that, and that is phenomenal, but I'm guaranteeing there's someone next to you, by you, living next to you, working with you, and doing life with you that does not feel like a winner, and they need you to support them and follow through with every single one. Look, if you have a prayer language, just go ahead and just declare it out right now. I'm just going to just, just pray some things right now. Wherever God puts in my heart, I'm going to pray it out. Father, I thank you right now for everything you have brought to us, Father. That's victory, Lord, in this life. Lord, even though the cross looked like defeat in the natural, Father, something supernatural was happening, and it was victory for all of mankind. Even though the devil thought he won. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, the Bible shows us, Lord, he went to hell in our place, and he trampled all over the devil. He paraded him, showing him, you have no longer the keys to life or even death whatsoever. I snatched them away from you. And then, Lord, you came back to life and handed that over to us so we can have an abundant life. Jesus, you are the victory in our life. Not the things that we watch, not the things that we do, but you, Jesus. Lord, go beyond our words, Father. Go in our actions and our thoughts and the way we look at people and the way we, we hug people and the way we speak to people, Father God. Because it's your victory that's been given to us. And now we can say it's ours. Lord, in the midst of, of, of problems, 
in the midst of circumstances, Lord, remind us to stay in tune with what's going on in heaven and what you're speaking through your word and what the power of your spirit says that we have to do here on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Look, if you want to just surrender your life, again, it's different here right now. If you want to surrender your life, run to the front of the altar. I want to pray with you. This is a time to get out of your comfort zone. You either want to surrender your life for the first time or you want to recommit your life to, uh, to God for the first time. Just come up front right now. I simply want to pray for you. No one's judging. No one's, we're supporting you right now. This is your time to come forward. That is you. Just come forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come forward. Come forward. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you so much. Father, I thank you for every single one of these people here, Lord, that has surrendered, Lord Jesus, given their life, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Say, everyone repeat after me. Say, I am a child of God. I am loved by the Lord. And I will walk in victory on earth. Circumstances, problems, don't define me. I am a child of the Most High God. And when things look bad, I speak good. And when evil tries to come against me, I come back with good. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. And we all celebrate by saying amen and amen. Woo!